In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. We are in the final stages of summer. I know many people are getting ready to send kids back to school. Some of you already have sent kids back to school. We are fortunate or unfortunately, I don't know. I think we're in that final stage of trying to eke out the last little bit that we can out of summer. Our kids go back to school at Labor Day. So we are fortunate that we are going to try and sneak in a little bit more adventure this summer. And it's been a little hectic. My husband and son did a awesome, amazing, I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of other adjectives they would use, experience with just the guys fishing up in the boundary waters of northern Minnesota. And they took a different route this time. So they were way back in there out of cell phone range. So it was kind of fun. They obviously are in their glory and had a great time. While at home, mom and the other two, uh, we had a different type of adventure. My daughter decided she wanted to have a rummage sale. (laughs) And I feel like, well, this is an entrepreneurial adventure today. It is kind of nice. Not only were we cleaning out our house, we moved here out into the country almost five years ago. And there was just, it was the need to cleanse and clean out a little bit and get rid of some stuff. And it also gave us a really unique opportunity for my daughter to sell things. She had a lemonade stand at our rummage sale and really put herself out there. She, I think she made more in tips than she made in lemonade, but we also got to know our neighbors. So it got to be a really fun way for us to interact with the community or our neighborhood, I should say, in a different way and teach kids skills about money and pricing things and profit. And I think I took it a little too far, which I usually do, but that's okay. It was a great experience followed by, and this will come up on Instagram, uh, we did go to the Van Gogh. I had a girl's day where we went to the Van Gogh immersion exhibit down in Milwaukee. So if you get a chance, the traveling Van Gogh exhibit is amazing. You're actually like in this experience, something completely different. We'd never done that. My daughter had studied Van Gogh and there's some lineal connection to Van Gogh in our family. So we were really excited to do this and it was really fun. And the final thing was to check off a box of our own choosing, which was our Everyday Adventure Challenge. In August, I had seen years and years of people posting sunflower fields. And in Wisconsin, this is a very like agro-tourism where you can go to sunflower fields, go walk through them, take your picture. And of course, that also means I need to get ice cream. So we checked out one of the best highly rated ice cream shops in Wisconsin, which is Kelly's Creamery just outside of Fond du Lac. If you're ever in Wisconsin, it's right off the 4541 highway. It's really good. You should check it out. My mom actually had sweet corn ice cream and it was really good. It almost had like a popcorn-y flavor. It was really great. Which reminds me that we will be gearing up for the Everyday Adventure Challenge again this fall. So all month of August, I'll kind of give you some hints and reminders so that you can, as you transition, you know, I think transition periods are really hard for a lot of people. You're going from one 
set of expectations and routines to another one. And that phase can be tricky, which is why I do these seasonal adventure challenges, because it's really easy to lose your way or to let the stuff clutter what's important. And I just want that challenge to be a resource for you. It is a paid challenge, and I'll put all of it up on the website. You can find that at OrdinarySherpa.com backslash simple. Since this is a solo episode, I also wanted to read a written review. I haven't read a written review for quite some time. And I I know earlier when I was starting the show, they were so inspirational. Now I get emails and other things too. But written reviews are still one of the best ways. If you are finding value from Ordinary Sherpa, please go to Apple Podcasts and write a written review. It means the world to me, but also gives exposure to Ordinary Sherpa so other people can find it and hear why people are enjoying Ordinary Sherpa. So if you're enjoying it, if you could do me a huge favor, my goal is to get 100 written reviews by November, which will be my one year anniversary date. If you could do that, go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review to walk you step by step through the entire process. I would love it and really appreciate it. So this review today comes from Amy Stauff, and she writes, Great resource for families. I love listening to this podcast, and I've recommended it to several of my friends. Keep doing what you're doing because it's obviously something you are passionate about, and I think your podcast is a great resource for families. Amy, thank you so much for those kind words. It's always interesting because it, as a podcaster, you don't get the interaction with your listeners. It's obviously a one-way medium. And so these written reviews really give me a lot of energy when I'm working on the content and editing and all of those other things that go into things behind the scenes. And I just love hearing your feedback, either through email or written reviews, whichever it is. I really appreciate those written reviews. So thank you, Amy, for sharing that with us. The episode today is going to be focusing on facing your fears. And this has been something I've been thinking about actually for a while. We've had a number of interesting stories happen, I guess, over the summer, but it's been happening for a long time. And I think many people, when you think of adventure, you think I'm just a naturally fearless person. And that is by far true. (laughs) And I was having a conversation in my mastermind this week and the fear to take the next step. I can feel all the feelings right now. So I wanted to just walk that back a little bit. Why is that happening? What is causing that? What are some ways we've dealt with fear in our family, not just with me, but with my kids as well? I heard from Brene Brown that joy is the most vulnerable feeling you can have because immediately after you have that recollection and that sense of joy, number two is followed immediately by fear and number three is followed by shame. Fear, meaning I'm afraid I'm going to lose this. Don't mess this up. Don't screw it up. Things are going good now. And the shame being, oh, I don't deserve this. You know, all of those things that we can talk into our heads and believe those thoughts. First and foremost, I just want to set the stage. Our thoughts control our feelings. And that has been a coaching practice that I've learned a while ago, and it took me a while to remember that. And I still struggle remembering our thoughts control our feelings. And so when I'm having these fearful thoughts, I realize those are my thoughts. I'm thinking something and it's making me feel a certain way. So the logical answer is to change your thoughts, right? It's not that easy. 
I want to go back to an episode with Jessica Jens where we talked about adventure education because in this physiological sense of being, of who we are, you have kind of at the core of yourself is your comfort zone. And these are practices that are natural to you. You're in your comfort zone, you're rejuvenating. When we get to the margins of the comfort zone, you get into your stretch zone or your growth zone, things you're less comfortable with that take more time, that require a little bit more work, I guess, but also create a little bit more anxiety. That is your growth zone. And if you stretch beyond the growth zone, you get into a panic zone. There's actually not a boundary directly between your comfort zone and your panic zone. You actually have to go through this medium of the comfort zone to the stretch zone before you can panic. Now, sometimes that's smaller and sometimes it's bigger. My point being is there are things that you can do to just kind of dip your toe into this stretch zone that don't have to create the panic. And when you're in the panic, you really have to notice what am I thinking I mean, obviously, if you're in a dangerous situation, this does not apply, right? Fight or flight takes over, and we know our body will react under those circumstances. But when you're in a thinking phase and you're imagining the worst case scenario, I have had several experiences where the worst case scenario happened and it was never as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'll give you a couple of stories here in a second. It just, it reminds me too, though, that the things that influence us between our comfort zone to our stretch zone are usually positive stressors or negative stressors. If you think about public speaking, not many people just willy-nilly stand up and can give a public speech in front of hundreds of people. Usually there's a little nerves involved, and that is a positive stressor that pushes you into your stretch zone. On the flip side, if there's something that's actually creating hardship on you or a negative stress, those are things like you know, fear of getting hurt or abuse or neglect or dangerous things. Those are usually really bad things that can happen. That can also be a negative stressor and keep you from getting into your comfort zone. So our goal is really to think about it as a positive stressor. How can we use these experiences as positive stressors to push the boundaries of our comfort zone? I want to give you a couple examples. My son, my oldest son is really intrigued by biking. So we went to a bike park, just one of those neighborhood, I guess it's like a skateboard park or a bike park. We call them bike parks because we're usually on our bikes. And he really wanted to go up this ramp. And he knew that going up that ramp was going to be a little bit dangerous. And so he took his time and he tried it. Well, he tried it and failed and he fell and he got hurt. That's a fear zone that can easily be the self-talk you give yourself going forward saying you weren't fast enough, you weren't strong enough, you weren't, it's too scary, don't do it again, you're going to get hurt. Those are all the things. And I think sometimes when we see our kids doing things that are adventurous, we allow that self-talk to be in our parents' brain as well, or in our brains as parents, not just in the kids' brain. So I always have to check myself because I don't want my voice, the parent voice, the parent thoughts to be landing on my son in these instances. I want him to really figure out what is his comfort zone, what is his stretch zone, as opposed to me as the parent. And that's a really hard place to be in. I'm happy to report, though, my oldest son has fallen a number of times. And 
we haven't broken any bones on that experience, but he's fallen a number of times and he's now recognized different ways and strategies that he can overcome those fears. He talks to himself differently or he approaches the ramp differently or he gets more speed or less speed. And he has now figured out what he needs to do to get his fears under control. And a lot of it has to do with what he thinks about the experience prior to actually engaging in the experience. Another example is that when we were in Hawaii, my youngest son wanted to jump off a cliff. And I'm, it's not like a dangerous cliff, just mind you, we were at a waterfall and there was maybe a little 10 foot, eight foot, I don't know. And he wanted to try it. The older ones were trying it and it was deep enough that he wasn't going to get hurt. It was far enough away that he could jump without hitting any rocks on the way down. And that was an interesting moment because I have also done some of those cliff jumps with my kids. And I know what it's like when you're up there and you're like, OMG, I saw everybody else do it. I know it's safe, but I can't do it. (laughs) And I think those are the moments where our fear, our thoughts really can control our actions or our willing to step into that growth zone. I want to tell a story about fear because usually In cases where I've experienced the worst case scenario, it's never as bad in real life as it was in my head or what I thought it was going to be. A couple of years ago, my daughter and I, well, the entire family actually was skiing, but my daughter and I were getting on a double chairlift. We had been skiing for years. All of my kids are proficient skiers. And this was no special day. This was just an ordinary day of us skiing. As she boarded the lift with me, her ski got caught under my ski and it pulled her down. And when the lift came, she was essentially dangling under the chairlift with her arms. She had her arms up. I was holding her under her armpits. She had her poles, but essentially she was dangling from the chairlift. And I yelled stop. A number of people on the ground were yelling stop and the lift operator just did not see us until we were about 20 feet up off the ground. Mind you, at this point, you could see like the ground moving. There were so many people running towards us. And in this very split second moment, my daughter said, mom, I'm scared. And I said, I am too. But LMA, I can promise you this. I am going to do everything in my power to hold on to you. I am not going to drop you until it is safe for me to do so. I'm going to do everything possible. Worst case scenario, can you hear, can like you see this happening is those really horrible things, right? But let me tell you the rest of the story. Remember that army of people below us? Thankfully, we were stopped right at a crossbar of the ski lift. So there was a pole and we were not over the groomed section of the trail yet. We were still in pretty powdery area and they were able to hoist someone up the ladder of that chairlift pole to release her skis from her fo- from her boots, from her feet and drop them down. She also without any movement released her hands and dropped her poles. So all of her gear was off. And I remember still thinking this is the moment and I don't want to do it. I'm so afraid. 
And meanwhile, at the bottom, I knew my husband was below us. And I knew that he was not going to hurt her. He was going to do everything in his power to make sure this went well. I tell you all of this because it has a very positive ending. I did eventually have to release my daughter into the arms of many strangers and my husband. And luckily, they did a little basket catch and released her into the soft, powdery snow below. And the, I guess the icing on the cake was that when my daughter actually landed, when she actually hit the ground, she kind of chuckled and went, that was kind of fun. <laughs> and I think that you could feel the weight of the entire scenario just begin to lift. I tell you all of these stories because I'm not trying to scare you. I want to actually give you hope that even when the worst case scenario happens, we've had several conversations in my mastermind. Some of us have lived the worst case scenario and you figure it out. My worst case scenario experiences have brought out the greatest traits of humanity. It has brought through kindness, generosity, compassion, helpfulness. Everything that I imagined it would be were merely a figment of my imagination. And I don't want to be dismissive of our fears. Clearly, there is a physiological response and a reason why we are fearful. But how often do we let fear have the larger vote? We let fear drown out our joy. We let fear stop us in our tracks. And I really encourage you, I think we have to sometimes get out of our heads. We have to be willing to take the next first step, even if it's scary. We're just taking ourselves to the margin of our comfort zone. I'm not asking you to jump a cliff tomorrow. I'm just asking you, what is one thing that makes you a little more fearful? And how are you going to talk to that voice? Fear is a physiological response. It's a negative stressor. It's here to protect us. But there are times where it will be a barrier from you taking the next step. And I want you to really honor it. Just notice it. What are the things that are bringing you fear? What are the things that are bringing you joy? And how is your fear stifling your joy? This is our life. And you have to start really noticing the ways that we can take our fears and turn them into positive actions. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be excited. Those are positive stressors. Those will stretch you. Those will take you to the margins of your comfort zone. They will challenge you. And each time you do those things, they'll become more comfortable. Your your comfort zone will increase. So you have to keep adding to this little matrix of what's the next what's the next stressor? What's the next way I can move into my growth zone? And if things that are sitting in the comfort zone aren't serving you anymore, you have to make those thoughts to let those things go. It's a heavy load to carry if we try to keep all of the things together and keep moving forward. I hope this episode just gives you a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of encouragement, and a little bit of awareness that this is our life. And we have to recognize what are the things that are holding us back from the life that we really want to live. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. 
Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.